The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? And welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William DeBiani. I am a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I'm the other host. The sexy host. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm so sexy, I have no nickname. Yeah. My name is my nickname. Uh, I, one giant sexy nipple of a man. I am a gland. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> what does that even my, mean? I, I have no idea. Stop paying attention now. Uh, I am a film critic. Uh, for, also for Crave Online and for Blumhouse.com and for Legion of Leia and for Nerdist.com. Uh, from time to time, I am also the co-host of the, the B-Movies podcast. From, from whence we hail. Uh, and this week, uh, we had a bit of a change of plans. Last week on Cancel Too Soon, we teased that we were going to review a sitcom based on the Ron Howard East Meets West movie, mm. Gung Ho. And, and you said it that way because it's kind of racist. It's a little racist yeah. in its construct. <laughs> and, and I haven't revisited the movie yet, actually, mm. and I look forward to it because I remember thinking, oh, this isn't so bad when I was five. <laughs> when I was five, it seemed pretty harmless, and everything I remember about it now seems pretty bad. 1986, I believe that movie mm-hmm. came out. Uh, it, Yeah, it was totally acceptable yeah. to, to have Gede Watanabe put on like a really pigeon Japanese accent and uh, do funny Japanese or crazy people yeah. kind of jokes, and... Uh, yeah, in yeah. 2017, it may not play as well. I doubt it will. Uh, uh, having watched a few episodes of the the sitcom, I hope that it's not quite as offensive as that sitcom. <laughs> uh, but we we were going to have a special guest, hmm. and unfortunately, with her schedule, with Whitney's schedule in particular, because he was on vacation, yeah. we just couldn't work it out. So we had to kind of put something together real fast. What can we watch real real fast? And we didn't want to watch a pilot again because we, we, we want to give you a whole series. Yeah. We want to talk about sort of the life of a. Show. Show rather than yeah. just it, no, pilots are it, it fun. stands up and falls over immediately. Pilots are fun and we like doing them, but we don't want to do too many because mm. it's not really where I think the show lives. Uh, and uh, and uh, besides, we like to challenge ourselves, so we had to come up what's a whole run of a series we could watch real, real <laughs> fast. And boy, howdy, did we find one! Well, uh, this was a very uh, curious show. Uh, it came out in 1986. Well, uh, reports vary. It's kind of hard, actually. Yeah, it's and there was no copyright information on the episodes we could find. Yeah. So this exists in this weird nebulous place. Uh, each episode was only ten minutes long. Mm-hmm. There were only seven episodes to have ever aired, uh-huh. and aired on Lifetime in the eighties. We know it was definitely the eighties. I'm going to say 1988 at the latest. Latest. 
at least for production. Yeah. Uh, and it is a horror anthology that aired on Lifetime. Now, this isn't like, oh, well, back in the early days, Lifetime wasn't what... Li- Lifetime was always Lifetime. They, Lifetime they, was they always this... launched as a, the network for women. Yeah, and not just and not just women, but like this particular idea Lifetime has about mm. women. They, they have this idea of a sort of a somewhat conservative mindset. If you watch a lot of their movies, they're very uh, mm. riddled in sort of suburban anxiety. Uh, and it's a very conservative mindset in a lot of, not politically, but not necessarily sort of, yeah. politically, certainly socially in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but you watch enough lifetime. You just get a vibe off mm. of that channel that this is what they think their audience wants. And it's not this, it is not a horror <laughs> anthology called terror vision. I could not find any commercials, so that's just a little clip of like the the opening credits. Terror Vision again, uh, uh, not Terror Vision, not based on the movie or have anything to do with the movie, as far as I can tell. Yeah, no, there is a very cult popular movie. Like it wasn't a hit, but uh, horror fans know the movie Terror Vision. It was directed by Ted Nicolau, stars Mary Warrenoff and um, <laughs> uh, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, Diane Franklin from uh, mm. Better Off Dead is in it. Uh, John Grease from Real Genius and Bullion Dynamite, and it is about an alien. That gets zapped into it, the shittiest bourgeois family's television and starts eating them. Yeah, like it reaches it. It's an alien creature that is transformed into a TV signal. So they yeah. turn on their cable TV and a monster comes out of their TV and starts invading them. But the parents are swingers. Yeah. And yeah, there's all these weird subplots. It's a bonkers household. It's a great movie, by the way. I and it has a great theme song by the band is called the Fibonacci's. I yeah. have a Fibonacci's record. I would recommend Terrorvision to just about anyone, but you have to understand when you're watching Terrorvision. I was surprised the movie wasn't directed by Paul Bartel. Like it's so <laughs> it fucking has weird. that weird culty vibe. It's yeah. so arch. It's mm. so fake. Mm. I kept. For the first time I watched Terrorvision for about five minutes, I kept expecting, okay, this is the fake TV show the characters from, in the movie are from watching, within right? The movie. Nope, that's, that's the, the whole movie. thing. Oh, and you know what? I'm glad because I see that in certain movies, like it starts with a dream sequence or some like wacky in in a movie TV show, and it's always really, yeah, really stylized and really colorful and really weird. And I always hope that it continues on that tack. <laughs> and Terror Vision is the only film that has delivered on that promise. Fair enough. Um, so that was a somewhat of a cult hit, and I don't know if they, if just the name was just out in the ether and no one cared, mm-hmm. or if maybe they thought they would make something regarding Terror Vision and they ended up making their own separate thing. Regardless, there was a completely different TV series called Terror Vision. Again, horror anthology, 10-minute segments. And here is... I'm going to try to uh, capture the aesthetic mm-hmm. of these uh, uh, shorts for you. Uh, shitty campfire stories from porno directors in the 80s. That's how it plays. <laughs> Imagine the thing about any 1980s oh. porno movie you can think of. Think about how the acting and the drama plays out. Now imagine at the end, up oh, one of them was a vampire and no sex. That's kind of what you got. They, they had, 
I would say like literally a budget of maybe a hundred dollars per episode. Like that was it. They're not paying these actors. Mm -hmm. They don't have special (laughs) effects. Probably paid the actors. Oh, maybe so. But they they didn't have special effects beyond like like that one really impressive monster suit. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of decent skeleton face thing going on. Like in the last episode. Yeah. And then and they had. access to one of those old video toasters. So a lot of like really super imposition video toaster effects mm-hmm. where like things are really awkward or com- awkwardly composited in sometimes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, v- the vampire teeth are clearly just vampire teeth. They picked up at the drugstore mm-hmm. and they were, they seem to all have been shot in maybe two or three different houses. Like there's no sets. They just went to natural like, locations. The, the biggest set I use in air quotes that you can find in this is like, a lab at a high school, like a high mm. school chemistry lab shows up in like one scene oh, in yeah. the last episode. I think that was like an actual high school chemistry lab. That's what though. I'm pointing. Yeah. It's like, that's what it looks like. And yeah. they were trying to pass it off as, ah, oh, the pathology department at this institute. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah. I'm, I'm like, pa- I, I dissected a frog on that table. Like that's, yeah. that's all that, that was. That, that, I've been to a pathology department. You are no pathology department. Is this the cheapest looking show we've ever done? Absolutely. It Even is. more so than hot springs hotel more. Well, that's a, that's a toss up. I suppose. I, uh, I don't know. Hot, Hot Springs Hotel had a whole hotel. Hot Springs Hotel had a whole whole hotel. They had better cameras. They they had a little bit more of production value going on. Yeah, they had like costumers, not just bring what you have at home. <laughs> Th- this looks like something that I would have made in college, like in in the late nineties. It looks like student films, mm. but not particularly good student films. Coherent student films, which is more than I can say for a lot of the student films at the school <laughs> I went to. I'm not calling anyone out. I'm not calling anyone out who I don't know personally. There were some messes yeah, in our school yeah. because but, we're learning. That's not even offensive. It's just you're a student. You don't know I, any better. I, yet. I worked very briefly at a post production office, and it was in this tiny little cave in this tiny little office building in Santa Monica, California. And yeah, it was just these gigantic rooms, and stuff like this would come through. And these guys would put in Casio keyboard music from time to time, and they would edit it together. And they were competent editors. And yep. this is. This is that. This is somebody somebody's pet project that came through and they edited it. They put in some music and it's for them to watch with their friends. They made a movie with their friends, but it's on the Lifetime Network. <laughs> That's how it feels. It feels like that thing. It feels like that movie you made that you'd never went anywhere because it wasn't good enough. And it got on the Lifetime Network. <laughs> now, again, the dates on this are kind of hazy. There are reports of people remembering the show. In fact, when we watched it, mm-hmm. my wife recognized the title sequence. She said Lifetime was on a lot when she was mm-hmm. a kid and she recognized it. So it exists. However, the only reports I can find of its existence are like a three-sentence Wikipedia blurb. Which is repeated throughout various websites. Yeah, so I, who knows where that even originated. Yeah. Uh, a decent amount of information on IMDb, but it's all people who were involved. It's not like production info mm. or anything like that. And some notes that were made on like the YouTube presentation where someone <laughs> preserved it. Um, but the tricky thing is, we're not even 100% sure what year this is. Mm. Uh, so IMDb says it ran from 1988 to 1989. Mm. Wikipedia says it ran in March 1988, and YouTube says it ran in 1985. And any of those could be true. All of them could be right, for all I know. I don't know what to put on the, on Judge, the title of this episode yet. I have not... My put, put 19, my, 1980 question mark. 198X. <laughs> like in Mega Man. <laughs> so this TV series from 1980X. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, oftentimes you'll watch like some of these old shows mm-hmm. we talked about before. And you run into people who would be famous later, 
or maybe who were on the 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 downfall. Mm-hmm. Almost no one worked on this show. Like the majority of the people I saw working on this show had one credit, and it was Terrorvision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few exceptions, and I'm willing to. I, I'm not willing. I'm, I'm going to to give them mm. their shoutouts. Um, director Mark Esposito who directed the first episode, Closet Monster, mm-hmm. is the uncredited co-director of the porno classic Café Flesh. Is he really? Apparently. Wow, okay. All right. director Café jo- Cafe Flesh is way better than the Closet Monster. <laughs> well, he only co-directed it. Uh, director- <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was mean, I'm sorry. Oh, so he, he's responsible for the crappy portions I don't know. of Café Flesh. I don't know, maybe it was the good parts. I don't know. I might have just had a bad, bad luck with this Cafe one. Café Flesh, by the way, a sci-fi porno film, which, if you're of age, you should see, you should seek out. It's considered one of the best pornographic films ever made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, director Jonathan Heap, who did the uh, episode Final Edition, which I think is probably the best one, mm-hmm. uh, he was an Oscar nominee for his short film 12.01 p.m., about a guy who keeps reliving the same hour over and over again. I saw that film on an airplane. There you go. <laughs> uh, he was also uh, he he also directed like a string of thrillers in the nineties. You know those kind of low budget thrillers where oh, yeah. you know you're not a hundred percent sure they went to theaters. It started like Donald Sutherland and Amy Irving. Like, <laughs> he directed a movie called Hostile Intent, Benefit uh. of the Doubt, Past Perfect, and Green Mail. Which I believe is like blackmail, except it's about environmental stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, it's yeah. it's environmentally sound blackmail. He also did a canceled Too Soon series that I really want to track down called the Canned Film Festival. C-A-N-N-E-D. The Canned Film Festival. Which starred Lorraine Newman. Oh, okay. As a woman named Lorraine who ran a like a horror movie revival house. And as you watched the movies, like Elvira style, mm-hmm. it wasn't just cute Elvira host segments. Apparently there was like a sitcom built around it. Oh, that's pretty fun. And that's really, really cool. Like, yeah. at, at least that's my understanding. It sounds really, really neat. I want to try to track that down if we can find it. Um, and then, uh, lastly, uh, director John Auerbach, who did the episode The Craving, which uh-huh. is one of the silliest, I think the silliest episode. It, it has the dumbest punchline. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, he was a sound editor on such classic films as Liquid Sky, Stranger Than Paradise, and Down by Law. So these guys have worked in like some really bonkers cinema. Yeah. Also, so he wrote Str- he wrote The Stepfather Two, <laughs> which well, I haven't so, yeah. seen. The Str- first Stepfather is a classic. I though. actually haven't seen Stranger Than Paradise. I know it's a hole in my yeah. film education, but I have seen Down by Law. Yeah. So he's worked with Jarma. She worked on. He was Lick- the sound editor. Well, though. I mean, I, I'm not saying he wasn't like writing the screenplay. Probably I, yeah. working with Jim Jarmusch though. Still you know, cool. p- puts you. And if you work on Liquid Sky, you know you can see where this guy's interests lie. Mm-hmm. Liquid Sky, another really bonkers uh, sci-fi, weird, bisexual, heroin, aliens, sucking juice from your brains kind of movie. Oh, another one. Uh, a new wave film, yeah. Good, another one of those. No, there's a lot of those. There are actually quite a few of those, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah new, new wave horror is a great genre. So uh, there's also some reports that Terrorvision may have uh, aired individual episodes, but then also been released altogether as kind of like a TV movie. Well, given that... Uh, what we saw, and this is on YouTube. That's how we saw it. Yeah, uh, some someone has not been nice enough to put this one on YouTube. There, there were a few bumpers that implied that like two episodes were running back to back. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I, I don't know if they were aired all at once. If they were edited together, if, on they, were, if, VHS, if, there was, if or, they were like two yeah. episodes back to back, was considered an episode. 
We don't know. We don't know how these aired. We don't know when they aired. Uh, I'm guessing it was late at night to fill out a time slot of a late night TV show like Midnight Blue sort of thing that had an extra chunk of time that they needed to fill. I gotta track down the people who made this show because this is the most obscure thing we've ever done. I am so fascinated by it and its placement at Lifetime. Here's another bonkers thing for me. Uh, I watched it in YouTube, but I watched them in order that they appear on a playlist on YouTube. Uh-huh. Which means I saw the first episode twice, once with sounded music and once without sounded music. And they weren't edited cleanly. It wasn't an episode per video. Like it would one episode would end and we'd see like the first half of the next one, and then yeah. it would cut and you'd see the second half of a different episode. And or maybe the, a new one would start over, and you wouldn't see the second half of that episode. It was like until every later. ten minutes, regardless of whether or not the episode was yeah, over. So the last episode I saw in the playlist fulfilled the second half of the first episode, <laughs> or it was the the first half of the second episode that I already seen the last half of. So Whitney was coming so, in raving about this show also, because he thought it was like Finnegan's Wake. I, I and I also watched it late at night, so I was really really tired. <laughs> so it was kind of like having a nightmare. <laughs> Watching this whole thing was like having a nightmare, and I was terrified throughout the entire damn thing. It was like wow. looking into James Joyce's 1980s VHS nightmare brain. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now, because uh, I watched them in the actual order, because the, the videos are numbered, uh, so it was easy enough to follow. Because of tech limitations, I didn't Regardless, figure out how to do that. I was able to watch it in order. I wasn't nearly as enamored. Okay. So we're gonna, it's going to be an interesting conversation, uh, and we're going to have to try to talk about it as best we can, episode by episode. Right. Let's talk about the first episode uh, Closet Monster. The, the Closet Monster is uh, stultifyingly straightforward. Mm-hmm. A little boy says there is a monster in his closet. He is obsessed with the monster in his closet. His parents say, no, there's no monster in your closet. How dare you? You stop talking about the monster in your closet. Uh, he sneaks out of his bed one night thinking with a baseball bat, thinking he's chasing after the monster, whacks the monster on the head. Turns out he knocked out his dad. Now, for a second, you think that's the whole thing, and it's kind of creepy. That he thinks his dad is the monster, and that would be great. That would be fine. It actually reminds me of there's a great segment in uh, Tales from the Hood, mm. which is one of the most underrated horror anthology movies. That's, <laughs> that, that runs a little parallel to that. I thought they were making some kind of subversive statement about the dad being abusive yeah, or, yeah. or something. Or if they had like established that, that maybe the dad yeah. was was abusing him, and that's why he was the monster. Yeah, it could have been really creepy, and it would have fit the lifetime mold. Again, that mm. suburban anxiety about horror in the mm. home. Yeah. Uh, but instead... <laughs> It just keeps going, and it goes exactly where you think it's going to go. Uh, Mom, they take Mom, the, the kid is taken away to a psychiatric institution. Mom goes upstairs to clean up the toys. Monster's in the closet. But the monster is like, imagine it like look- a werewolf with the eyes of those sectars action figures. <laughs> like, it looks really dumb. It looks like that monster that uh, that the guy used in FX. Yeah, a little bit. Like that big rubber monster from FX. Not quite that impressive, but that's the aesthetic they're going for. Just Mm. bug-eyed, hairy monster. And there were a lot of those bug-eyed monsters on TV Mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. It looks a lot like, and it could even be the same suit as a monster from Star Trek The Next Generation, where they ran into a shapeshifter girl. Sure. And she turned into a big bug-eyed monster. Don't remember that. Uh, Oh, it's fine. It's kind of forgettable. Okay. early episode. <laughs> One of the things you notice when you're watching Terror Vision is that it's 10 minutes. They don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. They try to establish something real, real quick. Tell you the scary bits. There's usually nothing. There's usually only one twist, and the twist is really super fucking predictable. Like mm-hmm. they never like twist it again so that it's clever, except for once. No. Um, so like here it's like okay, there's a monster in his closet. Turns out there's a monster in his closet. 
that's it. Mm. That's the shtick. But and it doesn't make any sense. It stands up to no thought or scrutiny. Just I thought. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. I thought what it was going to be was honestly what I thought was going to be was uh, there's monsters closet. They don't believe and they never look in the closet, and then they find out there's just like some crazy guy squatting in this closet. Mm. That's it. That's yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Like that's scary. That actually would be really, really, really creepy. And I said, fucking monster. The, but what I was going to bring up is that they have to introduce characters, and they have to do it really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And they do it really, really sort of vaguely. They have, like, one little bit of detail, but then they never do anything further research. So there's a couple of scenes where the family is eating dinner, and mm-hmm. the dad is talking about his day at work. And, he, what he, <laughs> and his dad is an editor. So I was editing the video, and the video edit's going very, very, very well. Mm. Yes, going to edit that video again tomorrow. (laughs) I edit videos! (laughs) And video editing in 1980X is is really, really state of the edge. (laughs) Cutting art. Artistry. 1980X was the most turbulent year for the editing industry. (laughs) People don't really talk about it enough. It was like the apocalypse in there. (laughs) Welcome to 1980X. We're beating each other to death with video toasters. What's kind of cool about this this opening one, though, I'll say this, is that it kind of gets me into the right aesthetic. There's a childlike naivete to the storytelling mm. that fits the perspective of a child. It reminded me a bit of that Bob Balaban movie, Parents. Oh, there which well, is a, all, the camera's really low to the ground, and we see everything from his perspective. Yeah, and there's really. a certain, again, there's a youthfulness to the, there's, there's an innocence to the storytelling, even though the story itself is very morbid and gross. Parents is one of the scariest movies ever. I love Parents. <laughs> Parents is very good. Parents is so much better than this, but this has got this kind of like, the video aesthetic here, this lo-fi, mm. shot in someone's house video aesthetic, is inherently kind of creepy, because we're yeah, aware, yeah. we're aware of the artifice of it, because it just looks fake. But the fakeness very specifically belies that there are real people doing this. These aren't pretty people well, doing I, some some special modeling gig. These are just some people they got in a house. And there's something very voyeuristic and wrong about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it has uh, that sort of trash humpers quality. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to compare it to a Rob Zombie video. Uh, mm. in, in Rob Zombie music videos, he has, like, monsters, but it's not... He doesn't get, like, Rick Baker to design monster makeup. It's usually just psychopaths in rubber masks in Rob Zombie videos. And there's something scarier about a psychopath in a rubber mask than there is about an actual monster. Yeah. An actual monster, it's like, you kind of know where you stand. A psychopath in a rubber mask, you know they're trying to scare you. Yeah. And there's this weird, sick darkness to that. This weird Texas Chainsaw, we are psychopaths who want to make these scary videos to scare you quality. Well, again... And it comes across as a little bit, like I said before, nightmarish. And just watching the... I don't think it was necessarily VHS. It could have been like three-quarter inch VHS. But uh, that quality of video lends, yeah, this really dark rawness to this really dumb, badly written, archly acted TV program. Yeah, there's a great movie. I'm trying to uh, look it up right now. Hang on. Uh, uh, The Secret Life. Yeah, The Secret Life, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, okay. That movie is creepy as fuck, and it was all shot on this kind of video. Mm. And it's got this really intimate, handmade, even the bad acting makes it feel more real. Mm. That movie is creepy as fuck. It is so (laughs) direct, so straightforward, Mm. so uncomplicated. It's just, and here's what Jeffrey Dahmer did. And even if it's cheap, 
it looks like it's a movie Jeffrey Dahmer would have made about himself. Yeah. Starring yeah. himself. It's so grotesque. It really, really works. So when television works, it works, I think, mostly because of that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. That 1980X that, That's This is the only reason it works, really. Kind of. Well, yeah. the second episode, I think, actually is pretty decent. Which, which was the second? The final they're all edition. Of, they're all out of okay. order in my the head. The final okay. edition. Or just final edition. Final edition. Uh, it's a woman uh, alone in her house. Someone's calling her up to say, mm-hmm. go out, come out and go party. And she's just like, uh, what does she want to be? No, she wants to be a supervisor. No, I'm sorry. I can't party all the time. I'm trying to become a supervisor. I'm trying to get that supervisor position. I'm going to be a supervisor. <laughs> they never say what she supervises, but she's going to supervise the shit out. All we know is that by going out and party, partying, she would put her job in jeopardy. Yes. She can't be seen out partying. Maybe she drinks heavily and you know takes her top off on tables. People take pictures and put it on 1980x internet. Um, so there's a newspaper mm-hmm. uh, that arrives at her front door. At her front door, it's middle of the night. Mm. And final edition. And the headline says, Another Brutal Slaying. And then she gets a phone call that says, Did you get the paper? And she's cre- she's creeped out, and the entire episode is essentially her wandering around the house being afraid. And, and it, you know what? Is, That's terrifying. It's creepy. And <laughs> honestly, there's a couple of good bits. There's some, some really good shots on this one. Mm. There's a bit where she lets her cat... Uh, out an, Abys- back. an Abyssinian, by the way. Oh, yeah, named Kirk. And she says, go out and play with your friend Spock. And I guess Uh-oh. he has another cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lets the cat out, and then she goes to the front door, and then you see, like, the door behind her is closed, mm-hmm. and then she turns around, and it's open. And it, you, you didn't see or hear anything. And, and yeah. you didn't see or hear anything. You didn't see it open. Just boom. And there's a bunch of shots of her walking around her house. And we just see this shadowy figure in the hallway behind her. It's like that movie The Strangers, but mm. like 20 years before the movie The Strangers. It's, <laughs> and, and again, this grimy, cheap aesthetic makes it work. And then there's this bit where she finally looks at the newspaper. Mm. And... She opens the newspaper up, and surprise! It's it's a it's, picture of her. <laughs> she's the latest brutal slaying, and it's a close up of the of the newspaper, and it's a really cool shot. Hands come out from behind the newspaper through the newspaper to strangle her, uh-huh. like a three D shot. It's kind of like that shot in Lifeboat where uh, someone like pokes their hand finger through the newspaper at the camera. <laughs> it's like, but it's it's creepy. It's creepy. It's yeah. really not bad. Like it, it, and then of course she wakes up from her dream, but then the dream keeps going, like in Invaders from Mars. So oh, it's is, a that, little... is that how that one worked? Yeah, okay. that's how it works. She woke from the dream, but oh. then the newspaper shows up, and she realizes she's trapped in her dream, which is the exact same as thing as a Perversions of Science episode we did. That's right. It was. Yeah. So but the first episode of Perversions of Science was about a guy who couldn't wake up from a dream. There you go. So it's as good as Perversions of Science. Just as good. Sure. <laughs> now let's talk about episode three, uh, The Craving. The Craving. Oh, this is this is so dumb. Uh, this is... <laughs> This is like a short you would have written in the fifth grade. This is like <laughs> such a dumb joke. It's a, about a fat guy. He's eating a lot of food. Uh, a young actor, 10-year-old actor, who we guessed was Hayden Christensen. Or <laughs> we think that child actor probably went on to do something else. but Apparently not. Um, he, uh, the fat guy eats. He hurts his tooth. He says, oh, no, I need to go see a dentist. He goes to the dentist. Uh, all the other dentists in town are at a dentist's convention. So this is the last dentist available. And the dentist says, oh, the earliest appointment we have is at 7. 7.30 p.m. Okay, I'll go. He goes to the dentist's office. He uh, touches a little dentist statue. It's got blood on it, and he thinks nothing of it. Just sort, no. of, lo- just sort of looks at the blood, then goes, <laughs> in to see the- goes in to see his dentist. The dentist has some weird spiel about how dentists are great, and they're- everyone thinks dentists are painful. Oh, We're here to take away your pain. Also, he... Uh, 
Oh, and then he's gassed, and while he's under gas, he starts having what could be hallucinations. A scary nightmare about being bitten by vampires. Turns out the dentist is a vampire in this dream. Uh, and then he wakes up. And uh, he's like, oh, that was really weird. I hope my tooth gets better. And the dentist says, okay. Yeah, and then he leaves. Uh-huh. And then uh, the lady who was uh, painting the sign on the new de- on the dentist's new office uh-huh. at the beginning, you see, it was Dr. A something. Uh-huh. And uh, then she's like, oh, is that dentist any good? I need a new dentist. And the guy says, he's a great dentist or something to that effect. Uh-huh. Pulls out his vampire fangs and bites her. And then the camera pans over to the front door and it says, Dr. A. Killa. No, it, it wasn't A. Acula? Dr. A. Acula? No, it was Dr. A. Cula. Dr. A. Cula. Like Dr. A. Period Cula. Okay, I thought it was Dr. A. Acula. So they basically <laughs> stole an idea from Ed Wood. <laughs> Dr. Acula. Yeah, back when Ed Wood was working with uh, uh, Bella Lugosi, who, uh, his movies were actually still very, very popular, but Bella Lugosi himself couldn't get arrested. Like, he couldn't make anything new. Mm. But he was making movies with Ed Wood, the so-called worst <laughs> filmmaker of all time. <laughs> Any Anything to keep him in morphine. Yeah, and... Ed Wood was like, one of the things Ed Wood pitched for Bela Lugosi was, I got this great idea. We don't have the rights to Dracula, but we can have Dr. Acula. (laughs) Producer's like, and the movie's like, I don't get it. Dr. Acula. (laughs) And they finally made it. (laughs) This is what that movie would have been. Probably about as good. There's even a Mitch Hedberg line. Like oh, was a, it? Yeah, I went to the doctor. All he did was take blood out of your neck. Don't see Dr. Acula. That that was his joke. God damn it. it it's it's such a crap joke. And they, it's not they a built joke. they built a whole and why a dentist? Why not just a regular doctor? Um I guess it's a misdirect. Because the, the teeth? It's just the fangs the thing? I think it's just the teeth thing. I think the, that's the oh, that's the gag. And by the way, as I mentioned, the, the vampire fangs, they're not like fitted fangs. They're not things that fit in the actor's mouth. They're just those toy plastic fangs yeah. you can get at any costume shop or drugstore. And like the cheap 80s ones too, they were kind of connected in the back and probably glow, uh, glowed in the dark. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like the ones Nicolas Cage had oh. in Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Like this episode pissed me off so bad because <laughs> just because it's a bad joke well no it's not it's a bad joke I can handle the bad joke because there were joke episodes of Tales from the Crypt and I can handle that it's it's not good it's short so I don't mind I just mm-hmm. it moves along pretty quick it pissed me off because this is one of the worst depictions of a fat guy that I've ever seen. It's so well, fucking terrible. He, he's fat, and he starts just gorging himself on food. Yeah, like he orders like five lunches. The kid delivers lunch, but he delivers yeah, like and five hoagies. If you may, if you may have noticed in the, his introductory shot, there were framed pictures of pie on the wall behind him. So now, it would make now, almost make sense if he was like a food critic, but or, he's an accountant. They specifically if, say he's an accountant. Or if his gluttony played into the story somehow, like it was Stephen King's hmm. thinner. I thought it's like oh. Okay, he's he's gonna get a curse and he's gonna waste away to thinness, or, or he's gonna eat he's himself gonna overeat to death. Himself. Some, something about his eating, his gluttony is gonna be. No, it's a Dracula episode. Yeah, what, what does his gluttony have to do with anything? Yeah, that really. He does. could have just bitten an apple. He could be a thin guy. Could be his, anything. His fatness doesn't. Play I into guess it. that's just... their idea of a misdirect. The other misdirect, in this <laughs> the fat joke, the, the tasteless fat joke, is a misdirect. Yeah, we're not. Who's to say? We don't know. This show's a mystery. <laughs> Um, the, the other thing, the other notable thing about this episode is as he's walking up to the dentist's office, mm. 
there's this creepy moment where he sees someone behind him and he's reading a newspaper like a mystery guy like in a mystery <laughs> and he looks like back at the guy, guy. <laughs> and he looks back at the mystery guy and the guy's looking at, like his, his eyes are poking out over the newspaper all mysterious like mm-hmm. and it, we see very very clearly did you catch the headline of the newspaper oh I didn't the headline was couple fleas talking bear <laughs> <laughs> okay, some some set designers having a good time there. Like, I thought maybe we'd get to that episode. <laughs> like, oh, like they're all interconnect, like in the like in like in Darknet. Like in Darknet, like, yeah. I thought maybe that's where we were going with this because honestly, talking bear chasing people and killing them. Mm-hmm. Way better episode it might than Doctor Dracula. It might have been some sort of arch reference to Yogi Bear. Who's to say the show's a mystery? <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing was oh, the other thing pissed me off is they, he wasn't just a fat guy. He had fat guy music. Sometimes I wonder if the inventor of the tuba knew what he was doing. Like someday, people like my this this beautiful instrument that I've made will be used to illustrate that people are fat. Like oh, it's such a shitty. It's one of the reasons I don't like Superman the movie as much as everyone else does. Just because because Otis, Otis John, has fat guy music. He has fat guy music. It's so rude. It's so yeah, mean. Okay, what do we got here? Episode four: Reflections of a Murder. Uh, this one's a little, this is the lawyer episode. Yeah. There's not much to this one. It's, it's another one where somebody's just sort of walking around being stalked within his house. And it's about a corrupt lawyer. We established right away. A fellow says, you're corrupt. Uh, Yes, I know I'm corrupt. You're so corrupt. I'm going to tell somebody. Well, I'm going to shoot you. And he shoots the guy. Yes. Right at the beginning of the episode. That's most of the episode. And, uh... It's most of the events that take place. And he, he gets a drink, and he, you can tell he starts to feel a little bit bad about mm-hmm. shooting this guy. Yeah. There's an out-damn spot moment where he keeps cleaning the blood off of the floor. Uh, and, uh, they never say what he does with the body, which I think is funny. It's just yeah, in his, just, like, he, loft apartment. I, it's I like, guess he just dumped it over the balcony. <laughs> I'd lo- love to see that shot down below where somebody's having like a long conversation over espresso. So I said to him, and then, then the body falls. That'd what was that like, waiter's name again? Jean-Luc. Splat. Oh, God, it's Jean-Luc. <laughs> That's where they found the body. <laughs> they found him impaled on a Chinzano umbrella down below. Uh, yeah. That'd be fantastic. It's 1980X. People are still drinking Chinzano. So the idea is he kills the guy. It's like a telltale heart kind of thing. He starts going insane. He sees see the guy's reflection in, in it. all the mirrors. And he, in fact, I watched the first episode. And at the end of the first episode, the first shot following that was the protagonist wandering past a mirrored table, and there was the dead body reflected. Uh-huh. So I saw the second half of this episode right away, uh-huh. and the first half at the very very end. <laughs> Why did you watch it like that? How did you not know? Okay. So this is like, and again, it all came together. And we've all seen. Uh, there's a microwave going on in the background, folks. Don't worry. Uh, we've all seen horror movies where there's just a mirror gag. Mm. Guy walks in front of a mirror. Yeah, nothing in the mirror. Nigga. Guy walks past it. All of a sudden, there's something in the mirror. Oh God! Where, where would horror filmmakers be today were it not for mirrored medicine chests? That's that's yeah. the majority of horror, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like eighty um, percent of every shot in horror involves a mirrored medicine chest. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, uh, basically that's the whole episode. And then he just mirror gag after mirror gag after mirror gag after mirror gag. And then he runs out into the street. He flags down the nearest cop and just says, I did it. I killed him. I don't care. The guilt's taking away from me. And he's stalking me. And he's a ghost. Ah! And the cop throws him in the car. And then the cop turns around to him, like in the Twilight Zone movie and just says, you want to see something really scary? And it's the guy he killed. who's a cop now. Who's, well, he's a ghost cop. I'm guessing he's a ghost cop. 
and it's a ghost car. <laughs> or maybe he was driven, he, he was scared to death by all he these was, ghosts. He was this, driven mad. He was driven mad. Ooh. Uh, we scared. just came up with a Terror Vision episode. <laughs> driven mad. <laughs> About a truck driver who sees a, a hits a deer, but it might have been a homeless guy, and then the homeless guy murders him at the end of the episode. Also, the truck driver was a deer, <laughs> a vampire deer. <laughs> We're onto something here. <laughs> Yay, terrible! Another stupid mystery. <laughs> All right, episode five. Uh-huh. One of a kind. Oh, is this the photographer episode? Well, sort of. It's the modeling episode. Uh, I like this episode. Really? Yeah. Okay, so the episode begins with two young ladies. They're both looking for work. Mm. One of them is, they walk past this, like, clothing store called One of a Kind, and there's a sign that says, Model Wanted. Mm. And she says, I always wanted to be a model. Uh I should go in there. And then you just couple of close-up shots of the the mannequins, and your first thought as you're watching the episode is, oh, she's going to turn into a mannequin. And she does. (laughs) And that's the episode. (laughs) Well, she... She the the photographers have this sort of like cursed camera. This one reminded me of Friday the Thirteenth, this series in a lot of ways. Yeah, it really does uh, have that just yeah. the, that premise. And they they start taking pictures of her, and they put her in these eighties tastic sparkling blouses. And the more they take pictures of her, like the heavier her makeup seems to get, mm. and she starts getting kind of glassy. And over the course of these photography sessions, she turns into a mannequin, and, and they sell these mannequins. And the implication because they're all one of a kind. The implication is that uh, the camera's kind of stealing her soul like yeah, yeah. there's this but wall bit, of their but by, like, bit by bit there's this really wall cool. of other models like that that picture they've had of other models that they've had mm-hmm. and every time they cut to one you just hear this sort of like distorted vague scream mm-hmm. and the implication is that their soul is trapped in that picture mm-hmm. um and the other thing about it is that the people who run the place are an old man and old woman who call each other mother and daddy <laughs> super creepy and they're very cavalier with their date rapey drugs which I don't know why they needed the date rapey drugs. They're already just using magic to steal her soul, but whatever, let's make it super I, I creepy. Suppo- I suppose after a while you'd start to notice if your soul's being stolen by a magic well, camera. And I guess this also has, again, that lifetime aesthetic that we've come to know, the uh, sort of careful-what-you-wish-for uh-huh. kind of morality tale. Well, oh, oh, you want to be a model? You want to like yeah, sell your fa- body? Here's what fa- happens. Fame and like big city fame is really suspect in, in, on Lifetime. Yeah, if you if you so, yeah, go to the big a, city to become an actor, no, you're gonna end up in you're gonna end up a prostitute. It's basically, not, it's not seedy modeling. It's not like bikini or lingerie yeah. or something exploit. It's just fashion modeling. Very tame. And, yeah, and tame. Uh, but it's still kind of hanging over the entire profession in the lifetime's brain. The YouTube comments for this uh, episode are really funny. There's one person because at the end, her friend shows up to look for her her now mannequined oh. best friend, and she says, "Oh, well, you know, I could be a model too." And then one of the comments on YouTube was, I wonder if she becomes a mannequin. <laughs> yes. That's the point. <laughs> yes, she does. But bless you, I love that you got so invested in television. It's so cheap and stupid. <laughs> Alright, uh, episode six, the worst episode by far. <laughs> a cold work. day in July. Worse than Dr. Acula? Yes, because Dr. Acula at least has a gag. Oh. A cold day in July. A cold day in July. I, I can't figure this one out. And I wasn't sure if it's because I was tired, if I watched it out of order. Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll take point on this one then. Okay, so two shrill assholes are in a relationship together. They hate each other. They yeah. yell. Yeah, he's, she's only interested in money, and he's not doing good on money, but he I'm, thinks he's got like a, 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 he thinks he's got like a hot tip on a horse. 
and he's going to win a long shot on this horse. I was reminded of uh, their relationship. I was reminded of that Patton Oswalt bit where he's talking about the the breakfast sticks about uh, yeah. the Stellador ma- breakfast Stel- trees. Yeah, where they, these two, this married couple, are like living in this dark, impoverished hovel. <laughs> And they're clearly living in complete misery, and this guy's up in the middle of the night, like, kind of surreptitiously cramming these breakfast sticks into his mouth. And, and they, like, you can tell they hate each other what, with every line of dialogue. What are you doing with those bre- I'm eating. What do you want? Don't you know those are for breakfast? Fuck you. I'm eating my breakfast. You know, it's, like, just a horrible, like, and, yeah. and it's, buy these treats. Yeah. I feel that relationship, like, this Bickerson's gone wrong relationship <laughs> was commonly seen on TV in the 80s. I remember seeing it in TV commercials and sitcoms all the time for some reason. I think there was, and, uh, I think it might have something to do with mm. divorce was becoming a thing. So, like, yeah, you're just always married couples who hated each like, other. It was, was becoming, more, more common. it was becoming socially acceptable to get divorced. Yeah. Uh, uh, divor- and, divorce rates ex- started exploding in the mid 70s and uh, they just exploded for yeah. a decade. There was, I mean, you could get divorced before that, but it was a social taboo. There was a lot. There, it, for it whatever was, reason, it wasn't re- as common. Well, a lot of yeah. religions were so adamantly against it. You're going to hell. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it was really not something you did. So, I think a lot of media sort of encouraged people to just sort of soldier on. Mm. And then I think as divorce, and this is just my theory, I have no idea. But like, I think as divorce started to become more common, that there was an out for marriage. If your marriage <laughs> sucked, I think they start there started being more shitty depictions of marriage, <laughs> just bad marriages yeah. on TV. So I don't know. That, if it makes perfect sense. So, but it anyway, wasn't, it wasn't bad marriages though. It wasn't like they were bickering or like they were cheating on each other or they just hated each other. It was always this really broad arch screaming match of these characters that were meant to be comedic. Yeah. It was a comedic depiction of foul marriages. Yeah. I guess it had already leaked to the point of self-satire by the time I started seeing it on I'm not TV. sure if they were supposed to be married in this one if they're just seeing each other. But either way, they're terrible. Yeah. They're both terrible human beings. Mm. Uh, the horse does not come through. He ends up having to spend $10,000 from his business in order to make sure the guys don't like cut off his thumbs. Mm. Uh, and then he goes to his business, oh, and right, then the yeah. old guy who runs this butcher shop with him says, I just bought $10,000 worth of meat at a you know it's a bargain basement price. We're going to make like $100,000 off of this meat. And I'm just like, I'm not sure that's a meat works but okay <laughs> that's, that's a lot of meat for one like this isn't like Remember, a packing plan if you this want is, if you want to get rich go into meat this is like that deli i had around the corner which was mostly a liquor store but they made you a sandwich yeah, like, yeah, yeah. i don't know if you need ten thousand dollars worth of meat at I, that store again yeah the, the, they just went to their local butcher shop they asked permission from the not even the manager just the clerk on duty at the time yeah we, we can film these scenes in two hours if you can keep your boss busy and we'll give you 200 bucks like that's what they had deal <laughs> so he comes in and it turns out that the guy bought all this meat with the money he thought they had but oh no I don't have that money so he locks both the guy and his wife in the freezer and he turns the freezer all the way up, and that appears to sort of not only flash freeze them, but makes there's some sort of like David Lynch video effect where they evaporate. And I don't yeah, get it. I, I'm. I, I, I also don't sure. get how this solves his problem. Well, I wasn't sure. I think it's just revenge. But uh, I, I wasn't sure if the implication was that he was going to sell them as meat. No, and I don't think weird, that's it. If his vapor, like he had some sort of magic thing in his freezer that was no. putting them in the meat, I that that would be an idea. This doesn't have one. <laughs> I was looking for one. I was yeah. looking for. No, I think he just puts them in there because mm-hmm. he doesn't know what to do, and he decides to kill off the people who made his life harder. Mm-hmm. And then the episode ends with him in the shower, and then he freezes to death, even though it was July. 
So I'm... Mm. That's not even an idea. That's an idea for an idea. That's they don't even I, they don't the ghosts don't come back and like point at him and make him freeze. It's the kind of horror story you write. Like again, I'll say it in the fifth grade. It's like you understand what a twist looks like, but not really what it means. I got the gist of a so gist. I froze somebody to death, so I'm going to freeze to death, but in this completely illogical supernatural. And way? then there's a talking pie for some reason. <laughs> the trouble's back in time. There you go. Uh, okay, the last episode of Terror Vision. Rosemary's Lot. Shut up. I love that title. <laughs> Rosemary's Lot. Also, it has nothing to do with Rosemary's Baby or, or Salem's, Salem's Lot. lot. Yeah. So bless you for that. Um, and uh, it is about two doctors, one of whom is just general doctor guy, and the other one is a lady pathologist who has to endure the general doctor guy saying shitty things because about women's lady. lady. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a lady who's a pathologist. Well, haha, I have some thoughts. And then they're dating, obviously. Uh, again, couples who hate each other on yeah. in media. Um, also, another sort of word on... If you've seen American Psycho, and the, there's mm. these weird mawkish conversations in that movie about sort of women's lib and being sexually liberated. And if you recall back to the 1980s, the conversations really were that mawkish and weird. They were super shitty. Yeah, they, like, they were just... People didn't have the vocabulary or the casualness well, to really talk about sex and feminism openly and intelligently yet. Well, <laughs> so the, the pop conversation about feminism really was, wow, you're one of those women, women's libbers, aren't you? Well, the guy, the, the boyfriend in this episode uh -huh. um, has a line that sounds like he's trying to be positive, but he's actually just saying, don't be strong. And here's the line. Hey, this is the 80s. You don't have to prove how tough you are. We already know it. Which uh -huh. is a nice way of saying, don't, don't act strong and tough. Well, it's, it's a really inconvenient. It, it's another way. We don't of, care for it's another it. way of saying feminism worked. You don't have to try anymore. Which is shitty, and I think as we all know now, <laughs> feminism is working, but we have a long way to go. Fe fe feminism is a constantly moving machine, guys. Yeah, we, we have a lot of catching up to do, <laughs> and a lot of generations that didn't grow up with it that still suck. I'm outraged. Outraged, I tell you, that women get to see Wonder Woman by themselves. They have to do that jowl thing. <laughs> Yeah. I, my testicles ache at it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so the episode... <laughs> That's me making fun of those assholes. I haven't really talked about the episode yet. So uh, the episode, uh, she's a pathologist, and she has found, like, somewhere in the closet somewhere, there are pieces of a guy. And she found, mm. like, a severed hand, and she's kind of curious where this hand came from. And it's sort of becoming, like, a mild obsession with her. Like, the episode's not long enough to really sell it. But the implication is that she's a little preoccupied it's, with it. Uh, it. It reads. It reads. And, and then it turns out that all of these pieces came from a serial killer from like the 1940s. And she starts having these hallucinations about a hand coming out from her soup, like the shrimp hands and mm. Beetlejuice. Ah! That, that hand out of the soup sequence is really spooky, though. It's okay. Like, it's like, fine. It's weird sort of cuts back and forth, and we see the knuckles come out. I think it's pretty It's not bad. I put scary. A, I, there's a gif of that uh, I put up online. You can do it. Okay. That. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, and then uh, she starts thinking, oh, well, it's okay. Obviously, I'm out crazy. There's no actual, like, Frankenstein version of this serial killer. And then she turns over, and it's in her bed, and her boyfriend's dead. And I'll say this. The monster looks halfway creepy. They show it in brief little glimpses. It's very wet and glistening and gooey. and it, it, It's not bad. Don't, don't blink, though. You might miss it. Yeah. I actually had to run it back because I had looked away for a moment. Like, I looked, <laughs> went to untie my shoe, and I missed what the monster looked like. This is the only episode with an actor who really went on to do stuff. 
Oh, which one was it? Uh, it was uh, the guy who played... Uh, oh, sorry. The actor was Ray Baker, mm-hmm. uh, who you might recall from Total Recall. Okay. He was the recall salesman. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. All right. That's yeah, yeah. kind of where I recognize him from. That yeah. was like... But he's he's been around in a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, let's see. Ray Baker. I wrote it down. Uh, he was a Total Recall. He was in What Lies Beneath. He was in Freaked. Oh, yeah? Uh, Who did he, he play in Freaked? I think he was the uh, Everything But Shoes guy. Or at least one of them. Oh, well, that, that was William Sadler. Was no, it wasn't William Sadler. Guy. No, okay, yeah. It was someone like that, though. Someone, he was in the movie. I don't okay. Remember, I remember who played right now. Uh, <laughs> Fre- and, Freaked, by the way, one of the best movies ever made. One of the best comedies, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, he was also in a Cancel Too Soon series called Great Scott, in which apparently he played Tobey Maguire's dad. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Tobey Maguire played Scott. How, how old was Tobey Maguire at that uh, point? Pretty young. I think, yeah. it was like, I think it was in the early 90s. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so we have a, a vaguely recognizable actor in this episode. Yeah, and so like the one guy. Y- you could tell me that like he had died immediately after that, and that was a different actor, and I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought anything. Okay, well, yeah, it's, it's not a particularly noteworthy thing. I, again, like the the freezing in the shower. There's no real logic because did the boyfriend put the serial killer together, and then the serial killer killed him? Is that the implication? That would have made sense. But that that's not depicted. Just No, it is not. Did it sew itself back? Like, we saw the body parts kind of moving on their own. Did it sort of manage to sew itself back together? Yes. That sure, I don't know. You know, given the right special effects in the modern age, that would have been cool. Yeah, imagine, Watching like, the a hand, body kind of, like, putting itself like, together. Imagine yeah. the hand jumping out of its jar, mm. crawling over, like, do 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 picking up a needle and a thread, coming back yeah. over, sewing pieces of itself back together. Yeah. Like, that would actually be a really cool thing. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, Someone it, make that. I'm not sure if that's a movie, but that's a cool sequence. It's, like, oh, yeah. a horror movie. It's, yeah. a, it's a neat bit. Like, I'd like to see it. Uh, he played a character named Bill Blazer in Freaked. I don't remember. Bill, oh gosh, I don't know. No, Bill Blazer. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Mm. And that's Terrorvision. That's Terrorvision. Um, it's a mystery. <laughs> it's a weird fucking show. Unfortunately, you can still find it on YouTube for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to be released, I, but it's certainly odd. It I recommend like, watching it out of order. <laughs> <laughs> I think this. I feel like this at least warrants. Like this is such a weird oddity. I kind of want like someone like. I don't know. I would love like Vinegar Syndrome to clean this up and release it as like an anthology movie no, or something. No, Intervision ought to do it. Inter- Inter- and, and release. they still do stuff? I think so. I think they're still around and they should release a special edition VHS. I, I think would, that would be great. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Intervision was great. Intervision put out the uh, the Dahmer movie I was just talking about. Uh, they also, yeah, put, also put, I have the special VHS of The Burning Moon. Oh, <laughs> that's the other thing. It feels like The Burning, who did The Burning Moon again? Who was uh, the guy? Ittenbach. Yeah, Olaf Ittenbach, uh, uh, who made some of the most fucked up <laughs> horror movies and he shot them on shitio yeah. and like and like the burning moon is a descent into hell like it's it really it's is. not fun it's, it's really special it's, it's really fantastic just watching some guy go insane and make a movie about it like that's kind of it it's it's also in a horror anthology but there's only two bits mm-hmm. and it's just a guy telling his uh, his little daughter or sister his, his, little, sister, his little sister yeah. uh his little sister Some like scary bedtime stories yeah it's, it's like he's like a heroin addict and he's just like i don't care okay i'll tell you about the story about a guy who kills little girls and then here's a story about a priest who goes to hell and all the bad stuff that happens in hell that's the movie mm. it's fucked up <laughs> That a guy is ripped, ripped in half lengthwise. Uh, it's difficult to say, like, oh, if Terrorvision lasted 100 episodes, there'd just be more anthology episodes. Yeah. But I want you to pitch me. Oh, jeez. One idea. Just one good one, okay. one good idea for a Terrorvision right. episode. Christmas episode. Ooh. <laughs> I'm already sold. Um, 
woman goes to uh, goes to candy shop looking for special candy canes because mm. she can't find it. They're all sold out and all over town. Okay, but she finds this uh, candy shop that will sell them candy canes, and uh, she hangs them up all all on the tree. And when her kids start to eat them, they start to act a little weird, and she starts to eat them, and they start murdering each other. And it turns out there was a serial killer's blood causing the red stripes in the candy canes. That's a little ornate for terror vision. <laughs> Sure, why not? Okay. But we never see the serial killer, right. and it's only explained <laughs> after everybody's dead in a voiceover. There you go. Great. Done. Now now it's terrorvision. And it turns out it was a serial killer's blood. Bye! <laughs> I have to go back to my own planet. Uh, okay, uh, so there's a little kid, and all this little kid wants for their birthday is a dog. Uh, parents are anti-dog. Okay. They don't want to have a dog. And in the end, they're eaten by dogs. Big, mean monster dogs or just nope. dogs? But the dogs they could find. <laughs> the filmmaker's dogs. What, there's a, there's a whatever, cocker spaniel. Whatever dog the pound would lend them there's that a, day. There's a cocker spaniel and like a sheep dog right. and a Jack Russell Terrier. That's what we got, folks. <laughs> Make it work. <laughs> Not monster dogs in any way. Nope, just dogs. But at the very end, a dog will turn to the camera and it will awkwardly freeze frame and then they'll video a toaster in like glowing red eyes. Ooh. There you go. So there kind we go. Of monster dogs after all. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, uh, there's a guy who works mm. at a mattress store. Oh, geez. Okay. okay. <laughs> and um, it's late at night mm. and someone comes in and they're running from a, from a, a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out the guy is working with the serial killer, and he's hiding bodies in all of the mattresses. That, oh, okay. Then that's it? Just there's bodies in the mattresses? And um, the bodies are undead! They're undead, and they come out of the mattresses! No, that's too elaborate. That's too, okay. you, you, you blew our budget already. Okay, okay. The bodies are really dead, and they're just sort of in the mattresses. <laughs> uh, man discovers a wristwatch that can bring the dead back from the dead. Ooh. And uh, he resurrects his recently dead girlfriend, but she's a zombie and she eats him. Yeah. The that's, end. <laughs> that's it. That, no, that's terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He thinks it's going to be great, and uh, for a second there, it's great, but then she bites his face off and kills him. And, nice. And that's it. Nice. That's great. And, then, and, then they, and then they end on some grim line of dialogue, like, now we can be together forever. Mm. Some guy is, uh, his car is broken down, mm-hmm. uh, and he's just in his car, and some people keep knocking on the door of the car, and he's really scared, and then he opens the door of the car, and he's in hell. turns out he was in hell the whole time he was in hell the whole time this guy's walking down the street and a guy's chasing him and he keeps looking back and he's really scared and he tries to hide in a restaurant but the guy comes in and he keeps staring at the guy and he leaves the restaurant and the guy catches up to him and taps him on the shoulder and it's the devil (laughs) the end a woman goes into a hat shop and tries to buy a fancy hat and it turns out that the hat was um it eats her. It's a. It's an alien creature. Yes, with it teeth eats on her. the inside and eats her head. Yes, and she goes ah, and then like the camera pans to the front of the store where it says like hat shop, definitely not aliens. <laughs> uh, or or it's it's called like Venus Hat Shop, and they're actually oh. from the planet Venus. Oh, Venus flytraps. There you go. Hey, Venus fly- there we go. That's actually a pretty good episode of Terrorvision. <laughs> Look at us, we're a writer's room. <laughs> All right, two more. Oh God. Okay. Two more. Uh, oh God. Um. 
Uh, a little okay. kid, a, a little... construction worker. Okay, construction worker. Go. A construction worker accidentally kill uh, accidentally kills one of his coworkers while working on a construction site. Uh, rather than tell anybody, he pushes the construction worker into the cement, like in, of the foundation. Uh, and when he completes the building, uh, everybody empties out. He's standing in the building saying, "Haha, I got away with it." And then the house is alive and it kills him. Nice. There All right. Uh, a little kid doesn't want to take out the garbage. It's the chore he doesn't. He never wants to do. Mm. And parents are like, "You got to take out that garbage." And kids like, "I don't." And this goes on for about nine minutes. And then the kid finally takes out the garbage. And it turns out he didn't want to take out the garbage because the garbage can... Um, no, no, you know what? No, no, no. No, no, no. I, I got this. I got this. I got this. All right, all right, I'm going right. to backtrack. I'm backtrack. And it turns out that the garbage is full of human body parts. Uh, his mom's human body parts. And that's why he didn't want to take out the trash because he was going to miss his mom. That's actually really creepy. That's a good one. That's, <laughs> that's actually, fine. Yeah. That's actually really disturbing for Terrorvision. I feel kind of bad about that. Don't and, feel bad about it. Keep on right. going. All right, fine. Uh, there's, um, um, oh, God. There's uh, a, a smoker. A smo- uh, oh, wait. No, that's been done. That was cat's eye. Okay. Shoot. Right. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a kid. Kids afraid of the swimming pool. Kids okay. afraid of the swimming pool. He thinks there's a monster in the swimming pool. Yeah. Turns out there's a monster in the swimming pool, and the parents put it there. No, it turns out there's a monster in the swimming pool, and it grabs him just as the lifeguard's heading for him. But it turns out the lifeguard had a knife and was going to kill the kid. And, and the, the monster, monster saved the, the, the monster saved the kid. <laughs> oh no, a monster has me! Wait a minute, why aren't you drowning me? Why are you swimming away from the lifeguard? Why does the lifeguard have a knife? Because <laughs> the lifeguard likes to kill kids in the pool. He likes to stab them in water. Because <laughs> that's clean. That's his M.O. A good, clean matter. <laughs> that's what we'll count. A good, clean matter. Now, Yuppie tries cocaine. It turns out the cocaine is an alien. <laughs> um, well, we got a million of these. Yeah. I think we're good. I think All we're right. good now. A wolf man is on the run from a person. <laughs> hey. Makes you think. Terrorvision. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you think, what the hell is this show? There's a puppet. So was television canceled yeah, I don't know. too soon? There's just a puppet. There's, That's the whole episode. There's a puppet. Crazy puppet. One shot. Whole thing. Really weird, right? <laughs> Slowly zooming in. Andy Warhol's puppet. There you go. Terrorvision. Was Terrorvision canceled too soon? I don't even know if it existed in the first place. <laughs> The, like I said, it, I watched this late at night and I watched it out of order and I, for half of it I really thought I was dreaming. It feels like something that was just sort of slipped away and is now being held right underneath the surface of the pop consciousness. I don't think us doing an episode is making it any more real. It's <laughs> it's slipping away from my mind. I'm not sure if this show exists. I, I seriously, like, I... I quadruple checked just to make sure this was an actual thing mm. that this wasn't like some actual some like internet hoax where someone made some like shot on shittio no. horror anthology movie that never went anywhere in the 80s oh, the, another they, way of solving it was like oh well we've got this thing maybe we can convince people it was a TV series on Lifetime uh, and a part of me was just like maybe that's the case and you know what if that is the case well done. Well done. You know what? It it <laughs> strikes me as being far too authentic to be a hoax. Right. The people who make the hoaxes, uh, you can tell the difference when yeah. they're they're sort of faking a video effect or they're overacting on purpose. Yeah. There's no there's no irony here. It's mm. a very sincere production, yeah, even yeah, yeah. to a fault sometimes. Mm. <laughs> a lot of the time, because it's it's inept. Like a lot of this. There's a couple okay episodes. Again, I think Final Edition, pretty good. Okay. Like pretty good episode. Like but nice worth, and worth seeing. Um, and I think there's an aesthetic to the closet monster that I wish there was a little bit more to it, like a little bit more mm. psychology and insight, just a hint, because <laughs> then I could really get behind it. And maybe if the monster didn't look so stupid mm. and there's a couple of good scares. 
Yeah. Uh, just good no, moments. I was, like, I was, the soup sca- thing I was, was scared neat. a lot, actually, because so I was just watching it alone in the dark. It, I, I was 10 years old again, kind of discovering something I thought I shouldn't have. Yeah, like if I saw this when I was five, uh-huh. I have some really fond memories of this. It probably would have really weirded me out, like in the annals of my brain. Right. There's this one bit where it's just like, oh, remember when the closet monster was real? Oh, God. <laughs> like, that'd probably be in there. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't answer my question. I know it doesn't seem like it was real, but was it canceled too soon? Did we, um, should we have had 100 episodes of this? In a way, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think it would have just added to its myth if there was more of it. So you think this, it wasn't canceled too soon? I think, think it wasn't it was, canceled too soon. I think this I mean, is it. I think that it lived so short a life kind of mm. turns it into something myth- mythological, but I think if there was more of it, it would have remained equally undiscovered. But it would have made it a lot more fascinating. A lot more people would have been involved. Where do these people go at night? You know, we'd have had a whole <laughs> army of, of people to, to call upon. Remember this? No? Nobody does. <laughs> it ran a hundred episodes? That's awesome. Let's watch all of them in a marathon. Yeah. So, yeah. So I agree. I, I think this is it. I think we're good. I can't imagine there being more of this. I really, really, really can't. I can't. Seriously, like, how weird would this have been? Because how, how much would it have ruined this if it had gotten better? Because over if, time if it, it would. Had, if it had raised itself to the level of just sort of plain mediocrity. Yeah, it would have been boring as shit. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is just, this is bad, but again, for, again, you can watch the entire thing in about 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like a short movie. It's kind of worth it if you like sort of cheeseball, weird, lowbrow or low fi horror shtick. Oh. It's kind of interesting, and I think the highlights make it kind of worth it. The lowlights are so fucking stupid, you're kind of impressed. <laughs> so I recommend Actually, it, but no, it was not canceled too soon. This is definitely should have right. been canceled. <laughs> this is this is done. <laughs> this is what we have. This is what we should have. Um, we're going to talk about uh, uh, what we've got going on next week. Got a really cool episode coming next week. I don't know if we have any letters. Oh, uh, let me look up. Um, but in the meantime, I want to remind everybody that we're on Patreon. Yes, we are. We are uh, on Patreon. If you, even if you're not on Patreon, you are hearing this episode for free. Sure. And this, these episodes will always be free. Yes. The episodes in which we review TV series that lasted one season or less, always free. But we have a lot of other cool bonus stuff to offer you on Patreon. So for five, dollars $10, $20 tiers, you get a whole bunch of really cool stuff. For $5 a month, A, you help the show keep going and help us pay mm-hmm. for uh, stuff we don't find on YouTube uh, <laughs> and help us pay to keep the you know the podcast you know alive on the internet and all of our other expenses and stuff like that. Um, you also get to com- uh, participate in a monthly poll to dictate a future episode of the series. That's right. Uh, this month it was to help uh, pick the next episode of another piece of bonus content. If everyone who contributes on Patreon gets a bonus episode of Cancel Too Soon every month in which we review a TV movie or miniseries or special, a one-off mm. that's sort of related to what we do here, but was never pro- intended to be a show. Uh, so, but we, we we love weird TV ephemera so much that yeah, we, we had to do some of these. Want to do we want to do a separate thing? We had a lot of requests for miniseries and stuff, and we're like, well, we want to do that, but it doesn't really fit. Mm. So uh, we already did Karate Dog. Uh, the winner of our <laughs> boy, fr- did we ever? The winner of our first poll, which we'll do next month, is mm. a movie called Someone I Touched, in which Cloris Leachman gets syphilis and she does sing a song about it, <laughs> at least over the credits. I have syphilis, so syphilis. Da, 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 anyway, 
Um, we got that, and uh, it's not th- a show too. <laughs> we're also going to be reviewing, uh, assuming it recorded properly on my DVR, and at some point real soon, we're going to be recording a bonus episode uh-huh. of the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie, in which we review the recent critically reviled <laughs> TV movie remake of Dirty Dancing. Uh, I'm so excited about that. That's going to be great. As of this recording, it's only a couple days old, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're really going to delve a little bit. Um, for the $10 tiers and up, uh, you're going to get exclusive videos in which Whitney and I review other TV shows. We're about to record some videos in which we review uh, the new episodes of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure you're watching. I'm sure you're watching. It's very, very fascinating. Um, we're also going to get uh, updates on the Cancel Too Soon guidebook, which we're still finalizing the format for. But once we do, mm-hmm. we can start sort of cranking that out, I think, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the top tier, you're going to get Google Hangouts with me and Whitney. You're going to mm-hmm. uh, get be part of our exclusive club in which we send you cool gifts and prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk about it like together yeah. over the over the phone. And then you're also going to get like a free T-shirt or mug That's of right. your choice from our store if oh. you join the top tier. Also, we ha- if you just want the T-shirt or mug, you can buy those. Just That's right. one off. If, you can go uh, to tpublic.com slash canceled too soon. That's T-E-E public. And uh, we have four designs so far. One is the canceled too soon a logo that's sort of a skew tv uh, set and uh we have three mad balls designs yes one with just my face as a mad ball uh-huh. one with just whitney's face as a mad ball and one with the both of us as mad balls all of these designs were designed by michelle lapis uh-huh. uh who is a very very talented artist she's been on the show a couple of times and she, and she is of course my wife uh but she is super fucking talented as i'm sure you can agree it, look at it, those mad balls they're gorgeous it, it's not just nepotism she's actually a talented she's artist super talented uh, i know a lot of people so who I wouldn't get to do here, stuff for this show here's a recommendation if you're gonna get just the william mad ball get a yellow shirt because your design looks best on yellow I, I was experimenting with colors okay the Just Whitney looks best on purple. Huh. And the two of us together get a dark color. Yeah, the d- black, dark d- gray. Deep blue, dark gray, or black. Yeah, works pretty good. <laughs> and you can also get that stuff on iPhone cases. There's all sorts it's, of cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, stickers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's going on. A lot of people have subscribed already, and y- y'all have been really, really great. And we love you, and we appreciate you, and we think you're fantastic. And we've been a little slow going getting – we put up a couple of videos at first. We're going to put up some more uh-huh. real soon. So that's what's coming up there. Whitney, letters. Uh, this one comes from Stephen. Uh, hey, guys. Stephen from Fort Worth. Hello, Fort Worth. Hello, Stephen. I've, I've been in your airport. Uh, I was listening to this week's episode, and I agreed that the li- I agree with the listener who said, "Don't do Firefly." Mm. <laughs> I like Firefly, but it not got not only a movie but comic books, books, subscription box, toys, cosplay outfits, and even an adult coloring book. It has to be the most successful canceled too soon series ever. There's not any Manimal or 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage merch, <laughs> but there should be. There should be. Damn it. <laughs> We, we need to put out a 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage t-shirt. I don't know um, how we could do that. Well, simple. We just have the slogan, ask me about the 100 <laughs> Lives of Blackjack Savage. <laughs> uh, love the show, but I'd rather hear about 60 episodes about series like Blackjack Savage than Firefly. Thanks, guys. Uh, the response to that is, uh, if 250 people subscribe to our Patreon in any tier, uh-huh. we've agreed the lot of people wants to do Firefly. We'll do Firefly if we get a shit ton of Patreon subscribers. Yeah. So we put it at 250 at any tier. Any tier, yeah. yeah. If, That's if, a lot. I know, two, a, lot of pe- I know a lot of successful shows that don't have 250. <laughs> so my point is it's out there. We, so we if you wanted, want it, tell your friends. We wanted to set the bar high because we wanted to, <laughs> we're a, set, a, dangling an apple and B, thinking we're not going to do that. <laughs> 
But if we do, great. We'll great. do it. And we're going to do one we're, episode we're as, per episode. We are as good as our word, so we'll we're going to totally do yeah, it. Yeah, we do one podcast per episode of Firefly. But yeah. that's pie in the sky, man. <laughs> that's where we'd be very... We, I'm One of us would be able to probably quit our day jobs if we were that successful. Yeah, that, well, that's so true. So there you that's go. That's true. Uh, this right. one comes from Carlos, dear Whitney and Bibbs. Greetings from Guatemala. Hello. We have a listener in Guatemala. That's awesome. I hear it's a beautiful country. I've heard that too. I like their, their birds. Uh, greetings from Guatemala so pardon my bad English love the podcast thank you I discovered the show while watching the Schmodown this year and have only 13 episodes left to catch up oh wow you are on the Schmodown I am on the Schmodown the movie oh. trivia Schmodown in which I compete as the Beast mm. and it's a lot of fun from what I understand you're quite popular over there as I'm well. doing okay I, I, my, my record belies my like I, I think I'm like I think I've gotten like 81% of all the questions I've ever been asked correct, and I've lost two out of four games. Like, it's uh, really weird. Bad luck. Uh, I, would like to talk, I would like to talk about two shows that I liked. Uh, number one, Reunion from 2005. Mm. It was a whodunit mystery uh, taking place in the present day and in the 1980s, trying to figure out who killed one of six friends. You didn't know who died or who killed them. It was a, it was canceled mid series, and you didn't find out who did it. <laughs> I I, totally I remember when that, about I remember that. when that one had aired, and and how yeah. like the bad old age makeup. We should try to find ads. that. That's yeah, really re- cool. Reunion from and number two, Limitless, based on the Bradley Cooper movie. That's on our list. Um, I really loved it and think it was a cool mix. Uh, of case of the week and serialized drama, I like the lead and the mystery was okay. Plus, Bradley Cooper would appear sporadically. Okay. Uh, P.S. I have a, I have an idea of a topic you could do. It's basically the reverse of your show, canceled too late. <laughs> a show that had premise for a cool one, cool one season, but eventually got stretched out too long because of its popularity. <laughs> the shows I would suggest would be Heroes, yep. Desperate Housewives, and Revenge. I would love to see your suggestions. It'd be great to hear from you, Carlos. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of may- shows that lose steam real, real fast. Maybe Millennium? Honestly, I don't like, know, man. It's, Millennium it's one, it was never. Millennium had a good cast. Or, you know what? Dexter is a case of that. Like Dexter, Dexter started with like to, an idea for one good season, and how long that, did it last? Like seven years? It was something? like six or seven years, yeah. and the first two seasons were solid, like rock solid, mm-hmm. really good. And that <clears> even goes so far as to say the John Lithgow season was great. No. Um, but yeah, no, that got stretched out way beyond mm. its limits. That was not a that was not a good show after a while. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, this one comes from CJ. Hey there, B and W, B Dub, maybe. Hmm. Maybe B Dub. Uh, that'll be as far as I take that. Ha. Ha. I have a suggestion for the show. Clerks, the 1995 sitcom version. It's just a pilot episode and it's terrible. I uh, <laughs> hope you guys check it out. The episode can be found on YouTube. I keep uh, forgetting that is, that exists. There was a live action Clerks series. Yep. That is uh, under under underseen, reviled, and kind of mythic. Yeah, there was also a uh, uh, and um, there's a pilot for an American reboot of Spaced. Wow, it was Spaced, but it was set in America, mm. and I don't. I saw like a bit of it, and mm. I remember thinking this looks fucking awful. <laughs> but that was before we were doing the podcast, so That's I true. actually both of those things are now on our list. And uh, we'll also eventually, eventually, you know, because we have such a long line ahead of us. But the, there's the American version of Red Dwarf that we'll have to get to at some oh, point. There was wasn't there? Yeah, there was an American we, redo. You know what I just found out Red about? Dwarf. There was a pilot presentation. I don't know if they did a whole episode mm-hmm. for a an American version of Sailor Moon in which no. it was a live action animation hybrid. And mm-hmm. I think what happened was when they turn into Sailor Moon characters, they turn into anime. Asian. Mm. The fuck is that? Like, we have to do that. That's right. amazing. Okay, uh, this one comes from Omar. 
No, Omar writes into the show a lot, and, hey. uh, and we actually had a long uh, email exchange with Omar. I'm not going to read the whole exchange, but hello, Omar. Thank hello, you for Omar. all your emails. You rock. Uh, this is my second email in a day, he starts with. <laughs> I wanted to share with you the list of my top ten favorite TV shows. Cool. And I was hoping you could tell me if I am canceled too soon or not. Oh, <laughs> Trying to get us to do the linoleum knife shtick. If they ask, we'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, um, here we go. Uh, here's my list. Number one, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Classic. Love it. I've seen two episodes. Don't care. <laughs> All right. Unimpressed. I, you have my uh, approval. Number two, Shameless, the U.S. version. I've seen a little bit. It seems good. Yeah. Yeah. It's with uh, uh, William H. Macy. William H. Macy. And, uh, yeah. uh, Rick and Morty. I've yes. seen a, a season of Rick and Morty. That's a, that's a pretty good twisted show. Rick and Morty is the shit. Rick uh, and Morty is great. Number four, Young Justice. Is that a person? <laughs> that is an animated series. It's like the Teen Titans, but better. Okay. Like, I actually like the animated Teen Titans right. series. Like it was okay, but Young Justice was like took itself more seriously, and it was mm. more. Uh, it was really a good show. Actually, I like John Justice a lot. Uh, number five, Rome. Uh, I haven't seen much of the TV show. All I know is that it is staggeringly historically accurate, and uh, that's something uh, to an to extent. <laughs> to an extent, not necessarily in, in terms of like the sets and the dress, and not like like the, yeah. the characters or the actual history. But well, yeah, the they actual... posit they posit that Cleopatra's. <laughs> child was sired by one of the protagonists who didn't really exist. That's not historically accurate, but when it comes to, like, the dress and what Roman life actually was on a day-to-day basis... It was a really good show. It was a really good show. I liked it Uh, Number six, The Wire. Saw saw some. Not impressed. Best TV show ever. (laughs) Period. End of sentence. Number seven, Justified. Don't know it. (laughs) I watched the first season and I fell off, but I liked it a lot. Uh, uh, Number eight, Firefly. Great show. Number nine, Outlander. I keep hearing that's good. I have not watched that one yet. Is is that the one with the time traveling? Yeah, woman? like yeah. the woman goes back in time to like ancient Ireland and, or and, medieval and Ireland, becomes and a Jane Austen heroine, something like that. Yeah, I think it's more yeah. Rob Roy type heroine. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, she goes back in time to to romance hunky dudes in open white flowing shirts. I think it's more fucked up than that sounds. Oh, I've right. heard a lot of like, oh god, that happened on Outlander. Holy oh, shit! Okay, but uh, uh, I hear it's quite good. And number ten, Friends. Friends is uh, funny. Uh, thanks, guys. I'm loving your podcast more and more every day. All my best, Omar. Oh, you were not canceled too soon. I think you you right. deserve to keep going. Um, you're, uh, you deserve to keep going. <laughs> I don't, it's we're not odd... going to cancel you. No, we're not. No, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a solid mm-hmm. list. I think those are all uh, all the shows I've seen. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid. Few I haven't, but <laughs> I've heard good things. So that sounds really solid. What do you got? Um, I'm looking for one that's specifically for. Uh... Hmm. Uh, this show. We're still going through the old email address. We do uh, have an email address for this show. That's right. If you want to email uh, us at canceled uh, at the show, it's uh, canceled too soon. All one word. Canceled only has one L in it. Mm-hmm. Canceled too soon at gmail.com. We were originally using the email address of our other podcast, uh, but that was before we knew canceled too soon was going to last. <laughs> this was kind of an experiment for a while, and then we. So are, I'm, I'm still reading through old emails from the B Movies yeah. podcast uh, email, and so I have we, to sort of we, sort through which show we we are getting. And to. then we cracked like the iTunes top 100 like film and TV podcasts. So we f- oh, okay, we need our own email. We need our email. Okay. So cancel too soon at gmail.com. Uh, but these are not from the yeah. Email, we're, so. we're we're burning through a couple of our old ones. This one comes from Cat. Uh, hi guys, I'm writing in with some suggestions of British shows, as I'm sick of hearing you say, write in to tell us if you remember watching this, and knowing that I'm both too young and on the wrong side of the Atlantic for most of your stuff. Fair so, enough! Fair. <laughs> uh, here's one, Dickensian, from 2016. I don't know that one. Uh, I was one of the three million people who failed to stick with it through the entire series. Basically, one of these guy- one of the guys behind EastEnders, which is one of the three biggest TV soaps in England, mm-hmm. uh, takes the characters from Charles Dickens' novels and sticks them all in London at the same time when Marley has... From from a Christmas Carol has just been murdered. 
Oh my god, that sounds amazing. I know everyone asks for Firefly, but I wish you would guys would do That's Dal- amazing. Yeah, that sounds great. <gasps> oh my god, we're gonna totally try to track that I've, down. I've read all of Dickens' books. <laughs> yeah, you're perfect <laughs> for that. I'm only vaguely familiar with yeah. some of it, but like, yeah, uh, that's really great. Wow. I know that everyone asks for Fireflies, but I wish you would do Dollhouse. However, it did get two seasons, although two that seasons. was not. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So best wishes, cat, half American Brit, she says. I am totally gonna uh, start looking for We're gonna Dickens. write down Dickensian. Dickensian sure. sounds fantastic. I can't believe I never heard of that. That sounds great. <laughs> sounds like the kind of that sounds like the kind of show I would have pitched. Mm. Wow, twenty episodes. That's long for a British series. Yeah. Uh, see, a lot of these are just suggestions. Somebody was sent us a long list of. Uh, yeah, uh, we don't. Just, we don't read shows. Every, yeah, we're not. If every suggestion, suggestion you send us, yeah. we write down. But we don't but, necessarily read that. Yeah, because basically, it's like we'll do it or we won't. Mm. <laughs> basically, so. We'll do it if it fits our like, rules, here, but again, we're backlogged for years at this point. Here's one more for uh, for uh, from yeah. Sean. Right, uh, last last email. Last email. New fan of the show and looking forward to catching up on past episodes. One Thank of you. my favorite all-time shows that only got one season was a fantastic show called Now and Again, not to be confused with Once and Again. <laughs> Aiding in the confusion of it catching on with viewers was that they debuted the same year. The show created <laughs> by Glenn Gordon Karen uh, was a great blend of comedy, sci-fi, and even family drama. I also suggest a show called Nowhere Man that originally aired on UPN, a very cool conspiracy show that had Bruce Greenwood, who I always like. Yes, Nowhere Man. Well, we actually got both. Uh-huh. Our, our wonderful listeners, we also have, if you don't uh-huh. want to contribute on a monthly basis, you can also contribute to our Amazon wish list. Uh-huh. We have that available now. The links are up on Twitter and such, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, you can send us a show for us to review at some point in the future. And a lot of people have been really, really great. They sent us a whole bunch of shows, and they've sent us Nowhere Man, and they have sent us Now and Again. So mm-hmm. at some point in the future, we will get to those. Uh, but seriously, you've sent us so much <laughs> that there's no way. For, well, forever. Even if you send us, like, oh, they send us, it, might, it would take us like a year to get through just this oh so it's all gonna get done but i'm looking at the pile right now and we have a long way to go and we still want to dig up weird shit like terror vision which you know no one knew existed <laughs> so it's 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 a, gonna be a long haul but it's gonna be a lot of fun a, uh, a long glorious haul so stick stick with us please and we'll get to your show we promise we will not forget about you no we will not uh next week on canceled too soon, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing our, uh, the, something we've never done before. Mm-hmm. We're going to do three a different shows. Yeah, we're going to do three failed live action TV pilots for Wonder Woman. They tried and tried and tried <laughs> three different times. A lot of people remember the David E. Kelly version that was going to star Adrian uh, Palecki. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was only a few years ago. It was kind of notoriously a misfire. Uh, it, Everyone's seen it by now, but that's available. Some people remember that before the Linda Carter television series in the 1970s, there was one failed attempt to do a Wonder Woman series starring uh, famed tennis player Kathy Lee Crosby. <laughs> and most people don't know uh-huh. that around the time the Batman live-action series in the 1960s was going on, they tried to do the same thing with Wonder Woman. The the pilot was never completed. It was just a big pitch reel. Mm. But that's available, too. And we're going <laughs> to so, try out all three. And th- this is all to tie in with a Wonder Woman feature film, which I, I heard might be coming in theaters. It, uh, soon, I think. Soon. I think there's, yeah. uh, there are rumors. It, it, rumors about a Wonder Woman movie. There's a big superhero movie opening on June 2nd, uh, <laughs> Captain Underpants. And yes. I can't wait to see it. So. 
I'm so excited to see Wonder Woman. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't even joke anymore. It's I'm, so cool. I'm excited to see Captain Underpants myself. Uh, but I'm more. Here's the here's the weird thing. I'm more familiar with Captain Underpants what? than I am How with is Wonder that Woman. Possible? I, I I didn't really watch Wonder Woman. You I, didn't read I'm the unf- comics? No, I didn't read any DC comics. What? No, not one. Well, I, I was a Marvel brat through and through. We're gonna have a. We're we're going to. It's a little early to confirm it, but we're trying to bring a Wonder Woman expert yes. to come in to help us uh, mm. talk about those failed pilots and the movie. Mm. Uh, which we'll both have seen by then. Yeah. Uh, so stick around. That's going to be a real, real fun one. And then we're working so, on something. Wonder Woman Palooza. We're working on something pretty big for our 50th episode, which would come out right after that. Mm. So it's June's going to be a huge one. And then after we do our 50th episode and our tie-in episode, which will be episode 51, sure. we will get to Charlie Jade, which was <laughs> a promise that we made to our most recent sweepstakes winner. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll review the fuck out of Charlie Jade. You Charlie have no Jade. idea. There's going to be so much Jade <laughs> and so much Charlie, Charlie. anybody uh, any, anybody Anybody. Anyway, everybody, uh, everybody, thank you very much for listening. We love you so much. Again, we're on patreon.com slash cancel too soon. We're on Twitter at cancelcast. We're on facebook.com slash canceled too soon. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. <laughs>